you may be seated. Thank you, Caleb. <clears throat> Good morning, church. I am Jennifer Brown. I am the ministry director here at Reach Church, and I would like to invite you to start off by grabbing your Bibles. If you do not have a Bible, you will see these lovely people coming up the aisles. Their sole purpose right now is to hand you a Bible. So they would love it if you didn't have one, if you just kind of let them know. You can do a big hand or you can just kind of do a pop-up or maybe even just a nod. They'll be looking for you and you can take that Bible home. It is yours to keep. We um, invite you to write in it and make notes and it's a great Bible to have. So Thank you for choosing to be here with us this morning. You truly do bless us. We are so glad that we can share God's word with you and worship with you. We are in the middle of a series on worship right now. And if you look back, Pastor Caleb, if you think quite a few weeks ago, he kicked it off when he talked about God's worthiness in worship. The whole thing comes back to God's worthiness. And he started it off and he talked about God's worthiness, God's worthiness in worship, and that it actually creates a song in us. So when we come here and do what you just did and we sing and we praise God, it's because he is worthy. God is worthy of our worship as our praise. And then the next week, our youth pastor, Pastor Russell, and our youth intern, Caden, they came and they talked about sacrifice. God is worthy of your sacrifice. And when we sacrifice, it's worship. If you remember, they actually talked about Chipotle. Do you remember that Chipotle story? I'm here to tell you, I don't like Chipotle. I think Chipotle is terrible. And Pastor Andrew is not here today. Yes. So I can actually say that um, when he returns. I'm sure I'll hear about it. So if you don't like Chipotle, you're not alone. But that wasn't the message. It wasn't about Chipotle. It was a great story of sacrificing and sharing faith. The next week, Pastor Andrew, he talked to us about how we, we do service as worship. Taking care of the, the widows and the orphans is true worship. And he gave that message the day after we had covered entire parts of our community in blue shirts. People with rakes and shovels and dump trucks galore. And we cleaned up yards for people. Not just to clean up yards, but because our God is worthy. And one of the ways that we worship our God is we serve our God by serving others. Then Andrew talked the following week about our each one bring one, the gift, each one gift one, the gift that we're doing. Pastor Caleb already talked about it. You guys are blessing the socks off of this community. You are so generous and God is bringing so much of your treasure into his trove. And he is already showing us people in this community with specific needs that we can meet as a reach church community in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. You are blessing people like crazy. And that's one of the ways we worship God is we give of that, that treasure we have. Then last week, we had Pastor David Hill here. Do you remember Pastor David Hill? He was here and his wife, Melissa, and they talked about, David talked about that worship really starts in our home. And we have to tend to the soil in our own lives. And we have to tend to our home because it's what we do Sunday when we leave here until Sunday when we return here. That's where we worship with all these things I've talked about so that when we can come be together, it's an overflow of all of that worship. And that was a great message. I'll tell you one of the things that really stuck with me in that message. I have heard so many times you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor, greatest command. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength. 
And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. We've, we've heard that. But he, it really stuck with me because I like to think of I leave my, my doors of my home. And yeah, I look out in my street. I look at the people around me. The message he brought that really hit me was what about the person you wake up next to in bed in the morning? That's your neighbor. Did that hit anybody else? Um, that and those kids down the hall, that was a really powerful message for me. Are we loving them the way we need to be loving them? So we have been talking worship. Entire series is about worship. And it's really focused on the fact that worship is not about us in any way, shape, or form. Worship is wholly and fully about God and God's worthiness of our worship. So as we continue today, I'm going to talk about prayer. And we're going to learn about how prayer is about God's worthiness and how we worship God in prayer because he is worthy. Lord God, I pray. We pray all the time, Lord. We start off with prayer because it matters. And so, Lord God, I pray that you will give me your words this morning. I pray, Lord, that people are here in the overflow of a week where their lives have been changed because of the way you are meeting them And so there is worship throughout their week, Lord, that there is sacrifice and song and so many things that they can come in here and overflow together. And Lord, I know there's people in here overflowing with joy. And I know there's people in here in pain. There's people in pain who hurt and who are living in a place that feels dark. And so God, I thank you that whether we are in joy or whether we are in pain, you are the same. And you, Lord, never change. God, I pray that everyone in here will hear the exact message that you have for them and that they will be changed. It is in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So I started working on this message a few weeks ago. And at the time, I was really busy and had to leave town several times and had a lot going on. And so my mindset was in, We worshiping God, even though we're busy and even though our schedules sometimes don't seem to allow time for worship, the fact that what we do in our life, what we choose to do and choose not to do actually has nothing to do with the time available to us and everything to do with what we deem to be worthy. And that would have been a good message because it's a true message. That would have been a great place to start. And for some of you, you need to hear that. Your worship, it's like everything else we've talked about. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about the fact that he is worthy of your prayer and your praise. So you need to make time for it. Because if you're not, you've just told him he's not worthy. Because you've made time for other things. Again, did some of you need to hear that? That might be a good opening. And then I had to live my week. And everything changed for me, just like it does for different people at different times. It started Tuesday morning um, with someone at my door, at my house, Um, They were actually in my driveway and they called, are you home? Can I come in? Absolutely. Their, Their world had been turned upside down and they were struggling and they needed someone to talk to. Well, talking does very little help, but we could pray. And so I prayed for this person. It's someone I love deeply. Then went on and later in the day met two complete strangers, never laid eyes on them before, and both poured out the most painful stories I could imagine hearing. My week only got worse from there. 
If I had not lived my week and had the conversations I had with the people God put in my life this week, I would think I was telling a lie if I told you all the stories because that's how painful it has been. And I thought I was going to get a bit of a reprieve. It kept going Thursday, Friday, new thing. And then yesterday was a new text. And then this morning was yet another new text. And what's really struck me as we talk about prayer, for me this week, prayer had nothing to do with my time available and everything to do with a desperate need for my God and my Savior. We hurt. It's Christmas, and Christmas is full of joy and light, and it should be, but Christmas can be painful. Some of you are dealing with the first time you haven't had a loved one. Some of you are dealing with depression and it's seasonal and it's cloudy and the sun isn't shining and you don't feel great and everybody else thinks you're supposed to be perfect. There's a million things going on in your lives and not all of them are great. We live in a world with pain. We live in a world with suffering. There are, do you feel like there are crazy things going on in the world around you right now? Do you feel like every time you turn around, you get hit by something? It's because this really isn't our home. In this world, we have an enemy. And he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for you to devour. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. And he, actually, we know that sin crouches at our door waiting to have us. That is the world that we live in. But I want to stand here today and I want to tell you and proclaim to you that you do not have to live in suffering. You do not have to live in that pain. We do not have to be ruined even when we stand in ruins. Because our enemy is crafty and we are frail. Some of you know how that frailness feels. Our enemy is crafty and we are frail. And he wins some of the battles. Sometimes he wins a battle and it leaves us in ruins. But you are not to live in the ruins. You and I do not have to live in the ruins because of this God we have been talking about who is worthy, who we can worship. He is worthy and he is there and he does not leave you alone. I don't care what darkness you are in, there is light. No matter how deep the pit is that you are in right now, he is a hand up. We are alone. It's a true, it's just a true statement. It's a true fact of the world. You're alone. You can be married. You can have kids. You can have a bounty of friends. But what we all know is there is that place deep within us that nobody knows. Nobody, have you ever tried to get somebody to understand how you're feeling and they just couldn't get it? They just couldn't understand because they're not you. So they don't really know your pain or your, your, your hurt. They can try and they can care, but nobody really knows you. They know what we choose to show. They know what we choose to say. So we can feel very alone. And the first thing I really want you to know today before we even talk about prayer is that you are not alone 
And I want you to know who you are to this mighty, worthy God who we praise. So I am going to turn in my Bible. You don't need to. Um, But I'm going to turn in my Bible. What I would like you to do, if you would be willing, is to just close your eyes. I'm going to turn to Psalm 139. And what I would like you to do is take a deep breath. And I want you to hear who God says you are, the God of this universe. And here's what he says about you. And you can know this. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, God, when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know, oh God, you know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. I want you to feel that right now. I just want you to picture that in your mind. The very mighty God of this universe, who with a thought controls everything, places his hand of blessing upon your head. Upon your head of which he has numbered every hair. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. And this is just a praise. I could never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. His strength will support you. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And now hear this about who you are. You, God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Oh God, you, God, you watched as every person in here was being formed. As they were woven together in the dark of the womb, Lord, you saw everyone before they were born. Every day of their life was recorded in your book before any of them came to be. And then God says, how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. His thoughts about you are precious and they cannot even be numbered. We can't even count them because they outnumber the grains of sand. And then I love this ending. And when I wake up, you are still with me. That is the God we are worshiping. Please know that yes, he is holy and mighty God. He cares about you. 
He cares about you so deeply, and he desires a relationship with you. And the beautiful thing, sometimes it's a little scary, but the really beautiful thing we read right here, he knows everything about us. There's not a thought that has ever passed through your mind that he doesn't know. Now, I was thinking in the shower this morning, because that's where I'm alone, and I tend to think, um, so yes, we have a very high water bill and water heating bill. I figure it's okay for the environment, because God will bless it somehow. I don't know how that'll work out. So I'm thinking this morning, and I'm thinking about this, and I was thinking about what keeps me from praying, and the times in my life where I don't really want to turn to prayer. And, And there's really two times. One of the things that keeps me from wanting to pray is when the pain is so bad. When you get the phone call, or the person comes and tells you news that's the gut punch in the stomach. Um, That makes me not want to pray sometimes because I hurt so deeply. But I can recover from that pretty quick. That's usually a pretty short turnaround to, okay, God, okay, God, okay, okay, God. And I may not know what to say, but I'm turning to God. The harder one that keeps me from praying is my sin. We usually know when we're sinning. And we know when we're doing something we shouldn't be. And when we are, we like to hide from God. It's what Adam and Eve did. Very first sin, they went and God God knew where they were and he came to the garden and he met them where they were. So what I want you to know this morning is your hurt is not a surprise to him, but your sin isn't a surprise to God. Those things that we do that we think are hidden, God already knows about it. And he doesn't want to leave you in that pit. He doesn't want to leave you where you are bound. He wants to take you out of the pit. And he is right there. So do not be fearful in your sin to turn to God. Do not. That's what Satan wants. He wants us trapped and alone and hiding in our sin. God already knows. Turn and take it to him. He desires for you to be turning to him all the time in prayer. So as we talk about prayer, I think it gets really convoluted sometimes and it gets made into something it's not. It's really simple. And so we are just going to talk about two points about prayer this morning. The first one is going to be what our priority in prayer is. And it's what we've been talking about this whole series, God's worthiness. God's worthiness is our first priority in prayer. The second thing we're going to talk about is the fact that God's worthiness is why our prayers have purpose. It's why they're not just tossed out into the universe. Then we're going to end with a really quick how-to and a call to action. So we are going to get started with God's worthiness as our priority in prayer. And if you could turn with me to Matthew 6, please. In your Bibles... Matthew is about three quarters of the way through your Bible, but the best way to find a book of the Bible is the table of contents in the front. Just go there, find the word Matthew, and it'll give you a page number. Um, There is no points. There are no points in heaven for holiness if you memorize the books of the Bible. So you don't have to do that. You do not have to be ashamed if you use your table of contents. That's what it's there for. So go to your table of contents, find Matthew 6, turn there, and we're going to start in verse 9. Now, 
The reason why we are talking about God's worthiness being our number one priority in prayer is because that's what Jesus himself said. So what we're going to be looking at here is what Jesus says about prayer. We have two specific instances recorded where Jesus talked about prayer. One of them is in Luke 11, and the other one is here in Matthew 6. And when we get into this, it's going to seem like a familiar passage to you. They're not identical. Luke 11 and Matthew 6 are not identical. They're not supposed to be identical because Jesus is talking, it's two different instances. They're two different conversations. In Luke 11, Jesus' disciples have asked him, tell us how to pray. Whereas in Matthew 6, it's in the middle of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. You've probably heard the Sermon on the Mount. And so this is Jesus and what he's doing with the Sermon on the Mount, what Matthew is recording of this sermon Matthew is writing to Jewish people who have not yet realized or accepted that Jesus is the Messiah that was to come. And so he is really writing and he's recording the places where Jesus took the current religious establishment and I would say turned it on its head. But what he really did was took what was upside down and he turned it back right side up. And what we know is that the Pharisees were all about what's on the outside. And Jesus is teaching them, the people in so many ways that no, 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 no. It's not about getting your outside clean. It's about your inside. It's about your heart. And so he's turning all of this back right side up. And he is going to talk about prayer. And we're going to kind of be back and forth in this passage. But I want to start in verse 9. And we're just going to look at the first three words. It says, pray like this. Now those simple three words I want to park on for just a minute because of the word this. It actually, or because of the word like, it actually does say like. If you go back to the Greek, that word is hutus, and it's actually there, and it means in this manner. So if you read those three words in the Greek, it almost sounds like a weird sandwich order, like you want some prosciutto, because it's like prosciumi un hutos. And that means pray surely in this manner. So it really is, the word like really is there. It does not say pray this. It says, pray like this. Now, these are still the words of Jesus. So if you pray this, it's not a wrong thing. Just be aware that we really want to be focused on the meaning. It's in the manner of this. And so that's what we're going to focus on. So pray like this. Pray in this manner. And it starts off, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Some of you know that in old English, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That one sounds really familiar. This is just written in a newer English that we speak. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your name is holy. Holy is a term we throw around a lot. Holy means set apart. That's holy. Holy is set apart. God is set apart. We actually, when we talk about God, God is holy, holy, holy. He is so completely set apart from us. He is so holy and so perfect and has such glory that we shouldn't be allowed in his presence. When we read this, we would be okay and not wrong in picturing God, the thundering God of the heavens, of all creation, on his throne that we shouldn't be able to approach. Mighty God, 
that you cannot approach because you are sinners. And yet, what does it say we call him in this passage? Our what? Father. Picture going to meet the most famous or crazy person you can imagine meeting. You would probably be timid in approaching them, right? Yet how much more? I mean, the holy God thinks a thought and everything's destroyed if he so chooses. We should approach him with that reverence. But instead, he says, Jesus tells us our father. Because this Jesus that we are celebrating the birth of, he came to earth as a baby, Emmanuel, God with us, and he lived a perfect life. 33 years, 30 years on earth, no sin, no sin, not one wrong thought. Did not ever have to die or suffer, and yet he did. So while we celebrate Christmas, we live in Easter. We live in the resurrected Christ. And when he did that and died, that our sins could be covered by his blood, we became co-heirs with Christ. And so, yes, even though this God is mighty, and I want you to remember that when you approach him, mighty, holy God, but Father, Father, who sees you and knows you and loves you because you are a co-heir with Christ. Don't miss that word, Father, it's your salvation, and don't miss the holiness of God. So what Jesus is telling us is very beginning of prayer. It is about God. He is our priority in prayer. Our Father who is in heaven with a name that is holy and above all names. And it goes on. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whose will? Yeah. Whose kingdom? Where do you see your will in there? Where do you see your needs in there? The very first priority is God's worthiness and holiness. Take a moment. Think about your prayer life. First of all, I hope you have one. We're going to talk about that later. But think about your prayer life. Is your prayer life focused on the worthiness and the holiness of God? Or is it focused on your wants? Is your prayer a list of worship or a list of wishes? Think about that for a minute. Our number one priority in prayer is to worship God. God who is holy. Now, don't misunderstand me. It is okay to bring our needs before God. That is acceptable. We are told to ask and seek and knock. You are not wrong if you bring your needs to God. But if that's your first priority, you missed it. Because does God already know your needs and wants? We just saw that. He knows everything about you. He knows every thought. So he, if you praise God and you never get to your wish list, even if it's about other people, because guess what? He does know what they need to. I'm not saying don't pray about him. I'm just saying he knows that. If you praise and the phone rings and you go answer it and you never get to your wish list, want list, you're fine. You have praised your God. You've met the number one priority. But if all you do is your wish list, you missed it. You missed your chance to worship God. 
You miss the chance to open your heart to him and have him change your heart because no, you know, I'm, we're going to talk about this thoughts and prayers and I'm sorry if it's you, but that is nails on a chalkboard to me because your thoughts mean nothing. We're going to see why in a while. Your thoughts don't mean anything. Your prayers to the one true holy God, they do. So when you turn to God and you praise God, he is changing your heart. And we can bring wants. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we, forgive, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. It is absolutely okay to go to God with our daily needs. Go to him and, and ask him for forgiveness. Lay your thoughts bare before him. He already knows them, but he still wants you to give them to him. Ask him, ask him for your needs, but make sure your priority is on God's worthiness. That's pretty easy, right? It's really simple. God, I praise you because you are God. It could be that simple. That is praise. God, I thank you that you hear me. There you go. It can be that. It doesn't have to be all these big eloquent words. But God, I praise you because you are mighty. God, I praise you because you are holy. Anything, just praise God. So you start with praising God. But then we also need to look at do our prayers have purpose? So we're going we're gonna to praise this God because he's worthy. But then we need to see that his worthiness matters because it gives purpose to our prayers. So I want you to turn with me, turn back to Psalm 3. It's going to be back about halfway through your Bible, a little before that. Psalms are a really long chapter, so you should hit it somewhere. I want to talk a little bit more about what I said about your thoughts mean nothing. Just general thoughts or general prayers or general words that we put out into the air around us don't really have any meaning or impact. They, they're not going to change a life. They're not going to change your heart. Prayer is not a Christian thing. Prayer has been around for Always, We know every, almost every civilization has recorded instances of both prayer and sacrifice. So when God had the Jewish people pray to him, that was something that was already going on in the world. And people were praying and they were making sacrifices to all sorts of little G gods and in all sorts of temples and they were doing all sorts of terrible things with them. But then here came God and it was the one true God who is I am, who is the beginning and the end and everything in between. And he talks to his people differently about prayer and he answers their prayer and he talks about things that are going to happen and they happen well today it's not very different people who are islam who practice the religion of islam they are they pray and they actually pray five times a day and it's based on the sun and so at some point you know based on the sun cycle they're going to pray five times a day they're going to face mecca they need to be clean before they can pray they need to have a clean area around them before they pray. And there's a lot of requirements. And then the hope is if you do it right, then maybe Allah will hear. Now, I want you to think about that. 
they have to become clean before they can go to the deity that they want to worship. How is that different for us? Do we need to get clean before we go to God? Understand that difference. You know, everybody wants to think that all roads lead to heaven. That is not true. And I'm sorry if if someone has convinced you of that. It is not true. There is one road to, to heaven, to eternal life, and it is Jesus. And he is the way and the truth and the life. And so... It's, then that's the difference. Jesus cleaned us. Do you see that? That is what is different. If you want to know what makes our religion different than all the other religions, that's it. We don't do anything to get clean before our God. Our God did it for us. Do you get that? That's powerful. So that's when you are praying. You don't have to do anything to go to God. He already knows it all. He just wants you to talk to him. So that's Islam. Then Hindus pray. Hindus are, they pray and they will take, they pick from gods and goddesses. So like, you know, if I'm feeling earthy today, I'll pick an earth goddess. And I don't know, you just pick some different things and you repeat their name over and over and over and over. Or maybe you pick a series of words. Have you ever heard of a mantra? And you say it over and over and over. Now you stay in Psalms, but I'm going to pop back to Matthew for a minute. And I want you to hear what God had to say about this. I'm in Matthew 6, 7 for further reference, but... When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. God specifically tells us don't do that. And he says, don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he goes into pray like this. We don't need to babble. We don't need to hum. We don't need to say the same thing over and over and over. God knows what we need. We just need to be with him. Now, here's the other crazy part. They don't just do their mantras. They actually bring gifts. So maybe water, because apparently their gods or goddesses are thirsty. So water and flowers and sometimes food. They have to bring a gift. We pray to the creator of the waters of the flowers, and of every piece of food on this earth. Do you see the difference? We pray to the one true God. You have this amazing privilege. You know this amazing truth. Are you using it? You have a direct line to the creator of the universe. Are you talking to him? Are you spending any time with him? Do you, do you, do you go to him? You know, the the thing that shocked me the most as I was researching how different prayers are given and was atheists. Do you know how many atheists report that they are prayerful? They pray. I don't know what they pray to. Like, it's just like you throw it out in the universe and it's there. Um, But atheists pray. So then I started researching that more. Well, psychologists have done studies and they have determined that human beings have an innate need. They have it built into them. And sometimes I wish I have a science background. Sometimes I'm just like, just read the Bible. Um, It wouldn't be that big of a surprise. But the shocking thing they discovered is that human beings have an innate desire within them to connect with a non-human entity. Duh. (laughs) 
We were created by God to have a relationship with God. Of course, psychologists have found that. So if we don't have a relationship with the one true God, we'll find something else to have a relationship with. We'll find some other way to do this. How do we get to be so blessed to be in a place today? I don't know why, and I don't know why, and I don't know why. Why did we get to know the truth? Why do you get to be that blessed? To know the one true God to whom your prayers are heard. And what are you doing with it? What are you doing? If you know the one true God, who are you telling about the one true God? Because 55% of the world's population is self-reported to be Islam, Hindu, or atheist. Just the three majors along with Christianity. There's, we're not counting all those other little ones. So 55% of the world's population plus is not praying to God. They don't know God. There's one way to that worthy God. That God provided the way and it is Jesus. We talk sometimes, and I don't mean to sound crass, but life is short and hell is hot. There are people around us dying. I mean, literally, not just figuratively. Are you praying for them? Are you sharing with them? There are people in here, and God answers our prayers. There's so many of you in here. You know, like you know, like you know, like you know that God is real because you've had that experience. You have prayed and you've had that peace. Who, amen, tell me who's had that peace. That deep down you know. Are you telling people about that? One of the things that strikes me throughout the Bible is we see over and over and over again, Old Testament and New Testament, you come to these really great chapters where the chapter is just a recap of everything God has done. Sometimes it's a few chapters, sometimes it's a few paragraphs. We see in the Bible that God's people are continually telling and reminding themselves and others of God's faithfulness and what he has done. He was faithful. He is faithful and he will be faithful. Are you doing the same? Are you reminding yourself of his faithfulness? Are you reminding others of his faithfulness? Are you telling your story? You have the faith, you have the one true faithful God. We should be telling. Let's talk about this, the difference. I'll go to Psalm 3 now, verse 3. And this is David. Do you remember David? Yeah, yeah, right? First Psalm, first Samuel. If you carried on, and you know, even from first Samuel, he ended up in the wilderness quite a bit praying. And second Samuel isn't much better. I hope you went on and read that. If you haven't, you should go back and do it. And now David in this psalm is actually running from his son. Um it struck me as I was going through this, he wasn't always the best dad, um, especially since he had to flee from his son, but you know, none of us are perfect. If anybody ever, okay, I'm sorry, this is totally an aside. What do they say? This is for free. When people don't want to believe the Bible, I really, my question is, have you read the Bible? Because the people in the Bible are so not perfect. And if you were going to make up a story about some God for people to follow, wouldn't you have made everybody perfect? Yeah, that always, I'm like, they would have never put the ugly in there if it was made up, but it's true. But you, O oh Lord, Psalm 3, 3, you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me. 
from his holy mountain. We pray to the God who answers. And then if you go on, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. And then we'll go to Psalm 4, the start of the next Psalm. Answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. That's Jesus. That blood declares you innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. The end of four is another little bonus. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. When I read those, I wonder... What is keeping you awake at night? I was up at 3 a.m. because these bad texts keep coming and I had to check my phone. I kind of woke up. I'm like, oh, I've got to see if I've been updated. When you're awake in the middle of the night, you got to believe it's for a reason. Pray. Whatever it is you are thinking about, pray about it. Thinking about it does you no good. Praying about it changes your heart. God hears our prayers and he answers them. When you cannot sleep at night, pray for who you should be praying for. Let God put them on your heart and then pray. If you can't do anything else, if you don't know, then just praise God the whole time. Or start back in Genesis and work your way through the Bible at everything God has done. Don't waste that time. And you will actually fall asleep much more quickly because you'll have peace. And then in Psalm 5... This is our God. Oh, Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. I want to stop there. Sometimes it hurts so bad. We have no clue what to pray. That's okay. He hears your groaning. He knows your thoughts. Just God. And he knows. He hears even your groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning, I bring my request to you and wait. Everybody give me that last word. Expectantly. In James 1, it talks about how we believe. Are we just whipped by the wind or do we really believe what we believe? When you pray, you need to believe God hears and God answers. Expect him to answer. Now, he doesn't always give us the answer we want. And we all know the person we prayed for that wasn't healed. We all know the job we prayed for that didn't come. So we know that our will is not always God's will. So sometimes I think we get afraid to pray. But don't be. The answer may not be yes, but he's still going to answer. Expect him to answer. Are you, if I asked you right now what you are praying for in your life, every one of you should be able to tell me something very specific that you are laying before God and expecting him to answer you our privilege. It's what God tells us to do. Are you doing that? If you're not, you have to ask yourself whether you really trust him and whether you really believe he is who he says he is. We on staff, if you're on staff at Reach Church, you have to have an accountability partner. 
And we have to ask each other a series of questions once a week. We have to meet together. And the first question is, what are you reading in your Bible? And, or no, the first question is, are you reading your Bible? But that's not good enough. We follow up with what is it and what are you learning? Um, so it's got to be specific. We are all expected to be in our Bible every single day and learning and reading. And the same is true of you. You are a Christian. We talk about this worship of this mighty God. You have to know your God to know why he's so worthy. So get in your Bible and know him. So that's the first question. The second question, what specific thing are you praying for and how can I pray with you? Because as Christians, we are expected to ask and seek and knock and to trust that God is the God who he says he is and that we lay our requests before him and that he hears our prayers and he answers. What are you praying for? Are you trusting God? Are you giving it to him? While we're talking about this accountability partner, I, I was thinking about it first service. And, you know, I told you sin crouches at our door. Sin waits to have us. And most sin starts out looking kind of fun um, because Satan pretties it up. I always think we had a, a pep rally when I was in high school and there was a caramel apple eating contest. And I was one of the people who was supposed to eat a caramel apple. And I love caramel apples. So I was really gung-ho. Um, but because I don't follow rules very well, I took a swipe at my caramel and licked it before the contest started. And I smelled the distinct odor of onion. They had covered onions in caramel so that we would have this contest and trying to win, we would take these huge bites and bite into an onion. And it's always struck me that that's how Satan is with sin. He takes that nasty onion and he pretties it up and he makes it look good so that we want to take a bite. And it looks so good until we're in the pit. And by the time we get to the pit, we feel trapped. Sin crouches at our door. You are human. You, why would Jesus tell us to pray that we would not be led into temptation? Did you see that? That was one of his priorities. That means temptation is all around us. You should have an accountability partner in your life too. If you are a Christian, you are right in the target of that still kill and destroy. And I told you, Satan is crafty and we are frail. If you don't have an accountability, like today's just going to be full of all this. I'm sorry. Get an accountability partner. You should have one. Who do you know that you can, another Christian of the same sex that you can be very honest with about where you're struggling and that they can ask you the hard questions so that before sin has you and drags you off, you have dealt with it and given it before God and someone is praying for you and with you. And you should be asking them those questions. Are you reading your Bible? What are you praying about specifically? Are you handling your, your time and your, 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 your time and your treasures and your talents well? How are you handling your body and your relationships with other people? Are you faithful to your marriage? Are you a true faithful parent? Those kinds of questions. When people find out about this, the last question is always their favorite. After we go through all these questions, the last question, have you just lied to me? So if you're going to lie, you have to be willing to lie twice. It's pretty bad. Hmm. I want you to know that God hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. And do you know why he listens? This God who is so worthy. He listens to your prayers because he thinks you are worthy. Go back to Psalm 31, 139. You are worthy and treasured and loved. God doesn't require special cleansing from us. He doesn't require special bowing. We're going to talk about that. He just wants our heart. 
He just wants us to turn to him. So the two things we've talked about are number one, our first priority in prayer is what? Tell the person next to you. I don't hear you. Do you remember? Come on, you're killing me. God's worthiness. Number one priority, God, you are worthy. Even if that's all you say, God, you are worthy. God, I praise you because you're worthy. Number one priority, you praise God because he is worthy. In some way you praise God. And then number two thing is you believe God answers. You know that you pray to the one true God who is going to answer. So those are the two things I really want you to walk away with. And I want to do a little how-to before we end. Because the question is, are you praying? There are 10,080 minutes in a week. Think back since you sat here last Sunday. Of those 10,080 minutes in your week, how many of them did you give to God? Did you really pray? Did you really talk to God? Do you know in Thessalonians, we're told never cease praying. Pray all the time. So how do you do that? Because you, you do have to sleep and you do have to work and you do have to cook and you do have to do things. You incorporate, you incorporate it into every bit of your life. You know, one of the things, and I find it works best for me when I'm getting a little like, mm. um, I remember I used to get a little mm, about all the laundry and dishes when my kids were home and there was always laundry and there were always dishes. And the way I found to deal with that was instead of being, mm, is I would pray and I would thank God, God, I thank you that you are so good that I have these children to wash these clothes for. I thank you that I have a washing machine. I thank you that I have a dishwasher. I thank you that I have hot water. Oh my goodness, God, you gave me dishes and you gave me food to put on those plates. We praise God for what we have. We live in a place of praise. When we are driving in traffic and you're sitting there and the person cuts you off, pray for them. Um, the, the really bad thing is I usually think, I hope they are headed to the hospital. And they go, wait, 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 no, no, Lord, just pray for them wherever they are, right? Because you're thinking if they're going to cut me off and be going that fast, they better be going somewhere important. No, no, no. Then you have to correct yourself, Lord. Just be with them. Pray for them. When you're stuck in traffic, oh my gosh, and you're going to be late and it's so frustrating. Let go of the steering wheel, grip it a little less tightly. And pray for the people around you. Let everything in your life be about God and for God and to God. So that's one thing. Your life needs to be about prayer in, in so many ways possible. I need you to know too, prayer doesn't have to be this holy on your face, use a special voice and special words thing. Sometimes it is. You are going to find as you get to know God that there are times that the only place you can be is on your face. But it doesn't have to be. You don't even have to close your eyes to pray. Did you know that? And when you're driving, please don't close your eyes when you pray. I have done that and it doesn't work well. But you need to, you need to just pray, just talk. Um, my husband's told me before, sometimes I get a special voice when I pray. Ah, I don't mean to. And I try not to. You don't need that. And you don't need all these eloquent, pretty words. We have a joke in my house uh, that what I like to say is, well, why would I use five words if I could make 15 words work better? Um, some of you are that way. You don't have to be a 15-word person. It does, he knows our words. He knows our thoughts. So the first thing is, call to action, you better start praying. Now, the second one you're not going to like as much, but it's better than what I was going to do. I was, was going to make you all get into groups of four and pray with each other out loud. <laughs> Seriously. And I had a couple of people say, that's a bad idea. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm, we got to practice, right? Um, but then God just changed the sermon around, and so I'm not going to do that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. And I want you to think about this. 
what I never want to have come out of your mouth again. What I really want you to catch yourself at it. I don't ever want to hear you say again. It doesn't matter about me. I want you to never say again, I will pray for you. Because I want you to actually pray for them. So the next time you get ready to say, I'll pray for you, I want you to catch yourself. You know the one true God. And I want you to pray. And you can, and I want you to say, I'm going to pray for you. Put your hand on them. Don't pour, or say, can I pray for you now? So, you know, and so I've, I've only had one person ever tell me no in my life. Um, I've had people be like, yes. Most people are like, yes. And as you pray, you can see their body language. When you're done, they, they feel softer. God has touched their heart. Now, what do you pray? God We thank you that you hear this prayer, and I ask that you be with this person. It can be that simple. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but pray and do it. Now, is this going to be difficult? Oh, yeah. Are you going to feel stupid? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, It's not always the most comfortable thing to do, but does that matter? Steve Dolan, Galatians 1.10, what am I going to tell him? (laughs) <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, Galatians 1.10 in the more expanded version is, am I trying to please men or am I trying to please God? If we are not going to pray for people, it's because we are too proud and we don't want to look like fools. Am I right? If we really admit it, we don't want to look stupid. Who cares if we look stupid? Life is short. Hell is hot. They may not be saved. If they are saved, they need the peace and comfort that the God who lives within them, the Holy Spirit, rises up and gives them through prayer. Pray for people. Actually do it. Actually do it because it's powerful, because we praise a worthy God and we pray to a worthy God. Do it by text too. Don't text anybody. And on Facebook is the best place. Don't you dare put, I'll pray for you. And some of you are my friends on Facebook. You can watch me too. Call me out because sometimes it's easier. But how powerful is your prayer when someone asks for prayer on Facebook and instead of saying, I'll pray for you, how powerful is it when so many people can read your prayer to the one true God? How does that change lives? Do you really believe God is who he says he is? Because if you do, you believe his prayer changes lives. So do that. The next thing I'm going to tell you is if you are a parent, you are praying out loud for your kids. And kids, if you are annoyed when your parents pray out loud for you, they're going to tell you, well, she said I should. Prayer matters. Pray out loud for your kids. And then this last thing I really want to challenge you with, um, it took me a lot of months to get up the courage years and years ago to tell my husband this. And then I finally did. And I felt really stupid the first few times we did it. You need to be praying with your spouse out loud, together. You and your spouse need to be praying. You need to be going before God together, out loud every day. We were talking between services and, and, and one of the wives, she said, my husband and I have done that every night for you know, 10, 20 years now. And she said, the amazing thing is how many things we don't even know what the other one is thinking about or where they're hurting or where they're struggling. But when I hear them pray, then I know. You think Satan doesn't want to destroy your marriage? You think the world doesn't have a million ways to rip your family apart? 
strengthen it, be one unit before God. Those were the vows you took. Show, show each other where your hearts are in prayer. You know, this morning my husband came up to me. I was at home and getting ready, and and he came up to me, and um, I knew he was going to say something good to me, but I was, and he said, I'm praying for you, and he stopped right there, and he prayed for me. He could have just said, I'm going to pray for you, and that, I know his heart. He loves me. That would have been great. He could have just given me a hug, but he prayed for me. That means something. So I just want to wrap it up because I know I've gone a million different places and I'm sorry. Thank you for your patience and your time. What I pray God has really shown you today is that he knows you. He knows you. You are never alone. You are never in a dark place. He won't shine light. And he knows you and he desires this relationship with you. And prayer is the door that is this relationship. And so he wants you to pray and be with him. And when you do it, you just praise him if nothing else. And you know and believe our God answers because he is the one true God. Oh, Lord, Father God, I pray for every person in here, every person who has heard my words, Lord, your words, that no one, Lord, could leave here without being changed by you, by who you are. God, I pray that you speak deep down into the souls of these people that they would know like they know, like they know, like they know that you are God, that there's nothing you can't do, that there is no place you can't bring us back from and that there is no hurt you can't heal. God, be with your people. We thank you that you go before and behind us and that you hem us in. We ask all this in your perfect name, Jesus. Amen.